nice to meet you. Yeah, uh, and you, man. Yeah, thanks for doing this as well. Like, it's a, a massively appreciated uh, being yeah, the first on the Chenja chat. So. Yeah, that's cool. How's it, go, how's it gone for you this year then? Um, yeah, I mean, it's sort of a, a, a bit of a leap into the darkness, to be honest. I mean, I do sort of my own uh, work as well. So, like, the sort of Chenja stuff's on the, you know, on the side. But, uh, no, it's going really well. We're getting, I think we got just over a thousand members on there now. Which is because it's <laughs> the, really the, the scary thing is it's you know you know it's, you're sort of going against people like Deviant Art and uh, you know Instagram and things and it's you know obviously they've got billions of pounds and uh, mm. it's only a few of us. <laughs> but the nice thing is you're forging your own. It's like you're you're forging your own thing, aren't you? And it's your own visual language in regards to how the platform looks and how it feels and it's yeah. nice. Yeah, I really like it. Oh, nice good. one, man. Really, I haven't, I've, I've kind of dropped off hosting on it for, for yeah. a bit. Got loads That's... of stuff. Just... <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Get on there. <laughs> <laughs> I always find actually when I sort of talk to like the other people that are on there, like if I sort of talk a bit about Chenja to them, they always sort of feel guilty they haven't put something on there. So I feel like sometimes people think that I'm just ringing up to bully them, you know? <laughs> Well, anyway, let, let's, uh, these things grow they grow on their own don't they as well yeah i mean it's one of those things that's probably well hopefully if, if it, anything happens it, you know it will suddenly just snowball and you know it'll be uh, something that will hopefully be really good for sort of illustration in general is the mm. is the plan but yeah, yeah lots definitely. of lots of bothering people <laughs> <laughs> good yeah good. So, yeah so like uh i guess with best place to start is uh for the beginning <laughs> so uh you know what give us a like a lowdown on how you sort of got into illustration and you know where you're where you came from and things like that okay uh yeah so i've been an illustrator for 11 years thus far and my like say educational background went to school college demay levels I, I kind of studied art then i went to do uh, a foundation a foundation, art foundation course at Chesterfield College and then I went on to do graphic design at Nottingham Trent University and only in my second year I started to branch into illustration as something I could possibly you know kind of get into. Uh, I did have ambitions to become a graphic designer but I think maybe the way not maybe not the way it was taught but just how it clashed with the way I like to work. Um, it's all very 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 structured and at the time I was a bit chaotic I guess like I I preferred working to a different type of flow, if that makes sense. So when I finished university, I didn't come to London or anything like that. I went back to my parents in Sheffield. I got two part-time jobs. I got back into playing video games again. I started watching right. more animation. But importantly, what I had was I had lots of notebooks and sketchbooks that I kind of kept adding adding sketches, doodles and ideas to whilst I was working part-time in like a restaurant when it was quiet. So during that time, I was kind of building up a whole kind of library of characters and a whole library of ideas. And then and eventually a lot of these things start to migrate onto social media channels back then. So like back then, it, the only social media kind of profile platform thing was MySpace and Facebook. Yeah. I don't know if Twitter, I think Twitter was around, but I just yeah, basically used them as a means to post work online. And a lot of the time people are saying you should have websites and this, this and that. So, you know, I learned how to build a website. It was really yeah, so that was the thing as well, wasn't it? The building, you had to sort of learn how to code it. You don't have uh, sort of yeah. Wix and things like that. I remember 
you know, yeah. obviously MySpace was the thing, wasn't it? I remember my mate in, in university when that, when uh, Facebook came out and it was like mm. a sort of way to uh, organize events, wasn't it? In university, I think. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember was, looking yeah. at it thinking, why, why, why would anyone want to use that? <laughs> I was like, MySpace, well, you can put your own background and you, you, you've got a theme tune. <laughs> well, that was the interesting thing about MySpace. It was almost like a microsite to your actual website. So you could personalize it a little bit more and you could put updates on there. And I just used, to, I, I made my uh, MySpace really visual. So I just kept posting pictures of my work. All the banners and backgrounds and stuff were based on my work and my doodles and my drawings. And then uh, luckily enough as well, like being back in Sheffield at the time, uh, all my friends were back and they were like working in bars, some were managers of bars, some were running nights. And so I managed to get involved in a lot of that kind of stuff. And during all throughout college, I was involved in like just a little kind of clothing label that we made as friends. Uh, we were like the original bedroom street label nice. <laughs> almost in Sheffield. But it was a really good means for me to kind of put work onto T-shirts, onto jumpers and hoodies. And once you start to see people wearing your designs and people start to kind of read into the to the label that's when like our popularity locally like kind of blew up and um just fast forwarding a little bit as as well as uh, doing the label we used equipment and our know-how to kind of run workshops around colleges and uh, youth clubs in sheffield so we, we used to go to some really rough areas um and just kind of go to the they kind of like youth centers and just basically say we can help you design a t-shirt in one day and we can print it and what we used to use was a vinyl cutter with uh you know vinyl cutter and um and like printable vinyl with a heat press right, yeah so we could run these workshops was well, so it like a sort of ironing situation was it or? yeah 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 yeah, nice. yeah yeah it was it was pretty that was cool, like the first satisfying t-shirt design with you're a kid isn't it you sort of do a <laughs> yeah. picture and then you iron it on and you can't believe it and then it's sort of half, I remember the, the, the ones in the sort of the early 90s, I remember they just sort of peeled off within a week. <laughs> and you're like, held on, I remember hold, keep wearing this t-shirt that's just got an eye on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I mean, we, we, we um, made sure that the kids and people just like wash their t-shirts inside out on a cold wash, which seemed to work. Yeah. But so we had means to make t-shirts. So then then we kind of uh, pulled some money together from like doing the workshops and pulled our own money in and we invested into a shop front uh on a trendy a trendy street called division street and we had a shop in the shop in the place called the forum and there we could sell our own stuff but also do customized designs so i'd be sat at the back and you know people could come in and say oh can you do me a customized t-shirt now we had a very strict thing on doing you know like stag t-shirts and things like that we would never do yeah. that but if you had something that was for your brother your boyfriend girlfriend whatever and you liked a character or you wanted me to customize a character i could do that and then we can print it out and because we, because back then i was just kind of going with the flow and i was still working two part-time jobs whilst doing this as well i was kind of really into just grafting and grafting because I guess, how you know, old were you when you when you were doing the, the shop stuff for you? This is like from the ages of like twenty, it's like twenty one onwards, twenty two yeah. onwards. That's so all productive. The, all the, that. Actually, <laughs> forgetting that when I finished uni, um, a couple of months later, I went away and went to Prague on a on a work placement to to work in a graphic design company, and that was part of like an EU funded, almost like Erasmus scheme. Right, nice. Called the Leonardo da Vinci Fund, so. They'd pay for you to go over there. They'd pay you like, you know, 40, 
euros a week. They pay your rent, pay your flight. And it was really, really good experience. But then I came back uh, because we, I had this t-shirt thing going on. So, so that kind of made me realize what it was I really wanted to do. And that was just to kind of draw pictures for a living. Now, that I wanted to draw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And off the back of doing all the t-shirts and stuff, because again, you can meet people that are coming into the shop. You can meet people when you go, you're going into the bar afterwards or whatever. People kind of knew who we were and they kind of knew that I drew pictures for a living. So essentially they gave me to do pub flyers, bar flyers, club flyers, and then posters and then displays and then eventually murals and all these other things. So in an age before social media was like the norm, kind of meeting people face to face was the norm at the time, yeah. you know, and, I, I, I hang which, out with a lot people Which people way. think is weird now. <laughs> yeah, which people think is weird now. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I also teach part-time at Sheffield Hallam. And when the thing that I notice with uh, the students is that they are very kind of digitally active. Mm. And the, the thing is, there is a slight danger of being like digitally active. You kind of expect things to just kind of come your way. But really, you have to be able to read certain people and, and know what it is that they're after. So kind of that the age of like, just meeting random people, them introducing what to you what they do and stuff is is kind of on the on the verge of slightly disappearing. Yeah, so I, was, I, I always think it's a you see a lot of these kids have got you know sort of millions of followers or subscribers on YouTube, and uh, you know they can sort of speak completely clearly, and you know they've got these great things that they're they're telling their sort of subscribers, but then you sort of meet them in real life, and they're sort of suffering from huge anxiety and you know all these horrible things, and you start think there's yeah, you need to sort of have like limits, I think, isn't it? So limit what people do without being this sort of crazy dictatorship. <laughs> you know, <laughs> turning the internet off now, you're on it. You've got to be on it for an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I think it just, it's scary, sometimes you just really. need a bit of levity. Yeah, you just need a bit of like levity and just kind of understand that just to, to meet people face to face is just as, as vital as just kind of connecting with them online. Like, most most people that I kind of engage with, uh, you know, on social media and stuff, if, if they're in London and there's an opportunity to meet them or meet them for a coffee, then, you know, I'll always, you know, uh, arrange that. And I've done that with a lot of people too. Yeah, yeah. You know, cause it's interesting to kind of know the person behind what they put up on the screen as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is definitely quite rare. I think a lot of people, especially I think with illustrators, actually, because you spend a lot of time, I mean, especially when you're sort of building, I mean, I don't know what kind of, uh, how you sort of uh, put your portfolio together for like the next sort of year. But some people mm-hmm. I know, do you know the illustrator Jeremy Fish? Uh, yes, uh, yes, I do. Yeah. So he, I uh, read, he, he uh, shuts himself away for three months. And yeah. basically, yeah, yeah, so it doesn't see a lot of people. And then he always thinks of like a really crazy thing to do when he's released after he's done all his work. I don't think he does any of that now, but, you know, I sort of feel like, <laughs> you know, that can make you into this properly crazy person, can't it, if you're, you know, sort of, and a lot of illustrators do that, you so you, you know, a lot of illustration is, you're in your own mind, aren't you, you're sort of constantly thinking, oh, that'd be a cool idea, and then trying to sort of, you know, visualise it really, what, you know, visualise what your brain's telling you, and, you know, if you're sort of doing that for three months, and then you suddenly go out, and you see people, it's, it's, it's a little bit like what happened on the first of these lockdowns, isn't it, when you, when, when you first sort of re-sort of saw your mates, I mean, I, we had this big group meeting and I remember walking up to them and I was a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure 
well, I'm going to say to them. But <laughs> yeah. I've known these people for years. And I was like, God, I, feel, I feel like I actually should probably just go back inside. Yeah. I know a lot of, I know some illustrators that, like, like back in Sheffield and some in London that just lock themselves away for months on end when they're working on like, ex, you know, like, like uh, really dense campaign work. And they're just constantly working and working and working. Or they have reams and reams of work to do. And and as soon as they're yeah, like you say, when they're allowed out, it's almost like relearning how to be around people. Yeah. <laughs> and things. Which I I try not to catch myself or like corner myself like that. Like I you know, I, I make sure I have studio spaces that I can go to or hot desking spaces I can go to where there are other people around me. Yeah. Um, even when I worked from home at my parents, you know, my parents were still there, so I had people to talk to. You're because in Dalston, you're in Dalston, yeah, so I'm in, yeah, so I'm based in Dalston currently, uh, well, the studio desk is based in Dalston, yeah, I live in Hackney now, but I've only been living in London for roughly a year and a bit, because oh, okay. uh, I, I moved down from Sheffield last August, uh, again, just for like a change of scenery, and then, you know, lo and behold, 2020 happens, and <laughs> <we're amongst laughs> anything, yeah. So it's your yeah, fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I brought it with me. <laughs> but it's, that's, that's yielded in itself interesting relationships that like, like I have with people in this, in this studio space because we have like a very big space and there's like roughly like 30 people in here, but like not everyone's in here. But just being around people every day has definitely helps me i used to think i was a very kind of uh isolationist really like i could work on my own and yeah in a lot of ways i do work on my own but i like to be around people just i guess it pushes you as well doesn't it it pushes you to sort of do you know a lot more stuff yeah and it's sort of push what you're doing as well i think if you're sort of i always find when i'm drawing stuff and i'm on my own i I mean i i sort of i think i prefer that actually i think i prefer it generally because i don't i personally don't like it when you're drawing and then people continuously watch what you're doing. I'm not a massive fan of that. I mean, I don't mind doing it if I know that's what's going to happen. Um, but when you're just sort of doing it for your own self, and then you know suddenly comes someone comes over and just sit, you know, looks over your shoulder. <laughs> Do you have that? Stuff? Are you okay? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, interesting thing, the interesting thing of being in this space, I'm with like some really good illustrators. That mm. We're all on the same American roster as well, which is really funny. But just being amongst other people that do the same thing as I do but we're not we don't work the same way has kind of it's it's improved the way I look at the work it's improved the way I do basic things like admin and right yeah it and it's it's only yielded like more kind of productivity out of me but like it's it is interesting because I've always shared spaces with like different types of artists and designers but I've never been in the space with other illustrators but really like since I've been down since I've been here in in um, in Mills Junction like I've learned a lot of things that in the past like 10 years I never really kind of like considered or thought of but just seeing how everyone else works kind of like what so with how they sort of approach illustration or with how they sort of you know just their general freelance career so how they do their finances and things like that because you things like yeah like finances daily admin and just basically how you how you it's hard to kind of describe how you carry yourself basically because you know at the end of the day it's it is it is a job you Mm. know like what we do is a job and anything that is fun that we do in our own time is our pursuit and you know at the same time we all kind of go through the same you know 
bits of ang- you know, angsty anxiety over like such and such a thing hasn't got back to me and all this kind of yeah. stuff. It's interesting to be around because as, as a freelancer or someone who works themselves, you are like a one person finance team, a one person marketing team, a one person account manager, a one person art worker, a one person art director, yeah. a one person mail per, you know what I mean? You do like all copywriting, of that as one yeah. Yeah, it's um, overwhelming, isn't it? To be honest, when you just sort of, because yeah. I suppose at the heart of it, you just want to draw, and you want to draw for a mm. living, and you want to get paid for doing doing what you love. But uh, you know, you have got to learn all of these other skills, or you just, I don't know, you'll find it hard to sort of succeed, mm. really. So if you but miss off tax is, dates, and yeah, but the key to it is, it gets. It's not like it gets easier over time. You just get used to it over time, and so mm. therefore, if you get used to it, it is easier. It's just part of your daily kind of like day-to-day thing um, as to how you run your business. Now you get to a point after a while, once you've worked for yourself for a bit where you might want to branch out and do other things. And so I think maybe about six, maybe like five years ago, I branched into teaching uh, like as a part-time thing, just to kind of break up my, my, um, day-to-day of being in the studio mm-hmm. and day-to-day of chasing after <laughs> clients and all this kind of thing. And that, that's helped me a lot, you know, just having... Oh, so do you um, still do that now? You still teach in yeah. Sheffield, do you? Or? Yeah, so like obviously because of this year, I've not been able to go up uh, personally, but I've been doing uh, online, uh, like Zoom, Zoom oh, nice. uh, workshops and such. And they're fun. It's not the same, obviously, as actually being in a, in a room and, and being able to kind of like bounce off the students and engage with how they're reacting to the tasks. What, what, what... what what sort of years are you teaching? Is it sort of university level or is it? Yeah, university or? level, oh, okay, uh, cool. like um, level fours, fives and sixes. So first year, second years and third years. And each, like within each year, there's like a different style of approaching the teaching, which I quite enjoy. The third yeah. years I like with a lot because, not because they're going through this angsty thing of, oh, I'm in third year, what am I going to do afterwards? They're at the right time where, you see certain students that are really up for it and they kind of go, right, this is what I'm going to do. And they, they throw themselves out projects. And then there's also, you know, the odd student that kind of doesn't know what they want to do with it. But I also kind of, I try to get them to cultivate that and just kind of, you know, not worry about it in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Cause I think you sort of probably never fully know what you're going to do. Nope. <laughs> I still I don't really know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, when I finished uni, I, I didn't have a bloody clue. Like, I'm jealous of half the people that I know that are illustrators that worked in studios. A lot of people worked in studios. They worked for agencies and stuff. And yeah, yeah. I still I've like always, worked, I always worked as a um, for sort of companies, basically. I did a lot of sort of side, on the side freelance work, but then also worked for, um, you know, doing sort of games, so art for games and things like that. And so I That's never really... Cool. But I never had like that same, I mean, I always wanted just to do the freelance thing, but then I also had the, you know, the like you were saying, um, with all this other stuff that you need to do, you know, like that sudden switch to suddenly go, you know, I've got this constant monthly thing. Do I want to jump off the cliff? <laughs> you know, there's uh, people are asking me constantly, yeah. if they, you know, want to do something, but then, you know, it's that sod's law thing of you sort of jack, jack in your, your monthly 
and then just suddenly everyone decides that they want you, <laughs> isn't it? Especially wow. when like 2008, I mean, when did you finish? Um, 2007, yeah. Yeah, I right. 2007. <laughs> I think we might be, yeah, so seven or ages. So like, yeah, that yeah. happened. And then, you know, we got, you know, you had your graduation thing. I don't know if you're, so ours, they said, oh, you know, congratulations, you've graduated. You're now going to be this much percentage more successful than everyone else. And then suddenly it just went big recession, no jobs. <laughs> it was on sort of like 5,000 people went for a Tesco job where I was living in North London. Like what? Right. <laughs> 2008. Yeah. That, that housing crash was a bit nuts because I came back from Prague then. I, I turned down the job at the uh, design agency and there were a small boutique agency and they really wanted me to stay. And I really liked the boss. I really liked all the staff there. It would have meant it would have meant I'd be living in Prague and just like doing this, this and that. But then I just felt like I didn't want to work for anyone else. And that sounds like so naive when I think about it back then. I just wanted to work for myself and I had no clue how I wanted to do it. But I think because I had the support of my parents as well, I knew that my parents would always back me up if I'd fucked everything yeah, up. Yeah. Sorry for swearing. But if I'd messed everything up, I kind of had that safety net and that's the kind of privilege that I kind of had. So I thought if I've got this privilege, then use it as much as I can. Your parents are probably yeah. thinking, oh God, he keeps thinking we're going to sell him. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to well, help they, him out if he messes this oh, up. At the time, they were very worried about me. They had no, I tried to explain what it was I wanted to do and they didn't have any comprehension of what a freelance illustrator did. Yeah. And I just, you know, draw pictures for a living and they were like, like an artist, like, not really like an artist, but kind of. Well, it's all you know, notoriously it's, terrible for getting any money, isn't it? <laughs> it's notorious, yeah. You don't get into this industry to the money. I mean, <laughs> to be rich. you can. Yeah, but you can, though. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. There are, there are like, you know, grade A illustrators that, you know, make a lot of money. But, you know, making a lot of money is nice. But I've always, yeah, it's not. I was always someone who liked to play. So I just kind of play and see what happens really and i unashamedly like I, I admit i'm probably still like that now and a lot of people say like oh why don't, why don't you sell more products or do this and do that and i'm, I'm just like i'd rather just do something that's kind of run by my own my own agency in a way you know but that's i a, think that's like a good question actually because you're mm. um who are you you're on snyder you're represented mm. do you get a like majority of your jobs through agencies or do you think do you think it's important to be part of an agency as an illustrator if you're doing freelance work or, you know, can half you? and half, half and half. So I, before I was repped by an agent, I've probably been working for about six years before I was signed to Snyder. And I learned, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> like, I'd, right. you know, in regards to like charging, invoicing, yeah. protecting my back, all that kind of stuff. And those What's things I needed. Undercharging, is it? That's the standard. Undercharging, yeah. yeah. Undercharging. Everything's Never 50 pounds. Overcharging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it, yeah. That's it. it worth nothing. I, I, yeah. That's, there is, there's no like one size fits all solution when you do this kind no. of thing. So I kind of felt like I needed to um, just jump into it and see what happens. But I, I would always say to new illustration students that you should never aim for an agent straight away unless an agent kind of approaches you and if they approach you it's because maybe they see where your work sits in the gap where mm. your work is like free you know like it'll it'll be used and such but i think it's best for a lot of like new illustrators to kind of go out there on their own first and basically just learn from their peers and you know talk to their peers ask questions and all that kind of thing but not build their own style rather than because i always think that i think mm. there's a massive thing at the moment where 
I guess, because people, you know, if you want to get into the industry or, you know, you're starting out, I guess there's this massive thing of style doubt, isn't there, where, you know, mm. you sort of come out of something, you know, I mean, a lot of my style, I was influenced from really old things like Vaughan Bode. And, you know, I used to be a graffiti artist when I was younger. And so I, a lot of my stuff came from that. <clears throat> and now if you're sort of on the commercial route, uh, you know, a lot of jobs that you see going out there are not that sort of style at all. So you instantly sort of think, well, you know, do I completely jack in uh, my style and just try and learn something else? Or, you know, do I just commit to it? And like you say, try and sort of build something to make people sort of go, this is cool. This is something that I want to do because, you know, that person's made it for themselves sort of thing. It always depends though with when it with the kind of issue of style because if you're if you're looking for a style to work there and then then you're working you're looking for something that's very immediate mm. rather than like cultivating something that you've worked on over time and then eventually I always found new stuff that I was working on that no one liked at the time always caught up a couple of years later yeah like people kind of go oh we like this that you did and then by that time it's actually being added into you know the visual vocabulary of how I make my work so. Style is just like an evolution, really, isn't it? When you think about it, it's not something that it's like one day waking up and saying, I want to dress like a mosher today. You know, my yeah. sense of overall personal style is I want to be a mosher because everyone else is dressed as a mosher. I want to dress like a skater because everyone else is doing it. That's how I, I think you do that it. when you're uh, that's when you're sort of in school, isn't it? I think you actually do mm. do that. Isn't it? I remember, you know, you waking up and go, I'm going to try a leather jacket today. <laughs> yeah, that's and then it, you wear yeah. it and everyone goes, why are you wearing that leather jacket? <laughs> yeah, like it's just an overnight thing that you just thought like, I'm going to start wearing leather jackets now. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Something that you kind of, you know, like, like any kind of style, you have to own it. So if you want to wear a leather jacket and you decide to put one on one day, you own it, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. this, this, this is me. And, but the thing is what I found with the style, it, it definitely changes over time with like your interests and the things that, you know, you might listen to and the things that you, mm. you watch and all of that kind of thing. So style anxiety is just most of the time you being thrown out into the open world and kind of working out, how am I going to make money from this? Yeah. I think there's also the thing of, you know, where you have that metric where the sort of metric of comparison where you yeah. sort of have so many more people now and it's, you know, there's so many different styles that you sort of, you know, you're constantly getting thrown to these different people where you're going, oh my God, that person's really good. That person's completely different, but they're also really good. And you're like, where am I in this whole world of things? You know, Musicians have the same issue. You know, if, you, uh, if you're a musician that wants to kind of become like, you know, like a successful artist or whatever, if, you're, if your band plays punk, how many other punk bands are out there? load so how do you kind of make your sound yours yeah. and it's the same with style you have to make it yours you have to make your style kind of like reverberate i suppose your voice as well and your voice is uniquely yours so as long as you've got something to say something to express then you know that's how you kind of differentiate your work from someone else's like there are like hundreds of millions of like vector artists out there that just, just use vector shapes to create their illustrations but you know sometimes you can tell who's who's and sometimes like it all mm. just looks the same but People would say the same uh, when it comes to music. If I asked my auntie about hip hop, she'd think Wu Tang Clan sound exactly the same as Eminem or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but that's not the case. It's they call it's it like the, the boot the boot music or something. That <laughs> yeah, that's it. But it's like <laughs> that's the, it. the Beastie Boys, doesn't it? They uh, they were originally a punk rock band, weren't they? And mm. then they sort of just got into doing like hip hop. I like using 
Yeah, I like using Beastie Boys and Radiohead as examples of how you can transition from 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 one sound to the next. And you know, as a as an as a growing artist and someone who's going to do this, yeah, you know, like I could end up I could be end up doing this for like the next thirty years. Do I want to yeah. make the same work for thirty years? No. Do I want to work with the same clients for thirty years? Probably not. But I don't know. Like I don't I haven't thought that far ahead. But you will <laughs> find that you will you will you'll evolve the the work over time just naturally sometimes you know you might overthink it and worry about it and that's part of the process and other times it, you know it just it can just come to you just through playing and i always try and encourage the students to play more than and to calculate what their work should look like and to you know always appeal appeal to the client and such i mean there is a balance there you have to kind of appeal to clients if you want to work as a commercial illustrator if you want to use illustration as your artistic voice and be an artist or whatever then you know that's totally that's totally up to you yeah play a play around sort of thing because i mean mm. with, with agencies you get mm. i don't know if they're saying the same now but i mean i remember that agencies used to be really hot on you know if you you know your portfolio everything had to look sort of, <laughs> of one voice mm. I, I mean some illustrators are really good at that but I think you do naturally like have at least two styles in you, don't you? You sort of two two things yeah. that you like doing, and I don't know. It's quite hard to sort of pigeonhole yourself, isn't it? As as but obviously there's that sort of difference between uh, doing something commercially and then doing something that you enjoy, um, yeah. and trying to sort of keep that separate. Even the even the word like pigeonholing and stuff, I kind of I always kind of feel like if someone likes to work a certain way and they you know and they're not going to change it then i always feel like well that's their voice and that's what they're comfortable yeah. with as well and it's like you have to be at peace with the, with the things that you work on most of the time like i mean i've i've been guilty of it in the past where i'm working you know i'm doing murals but then i'm like no i don't want to do murals forever i want to do all this other stuff but now i'm at peace with what i with what i do because there is a huge yeah, they, they, your murals are, uh, are really good man <laughs> oh thank you yeah, i love them yeah I, yeah I hate i hate planning them and i hate doing the whole like you know talking to the client what is it that you want and this this and that but when i actually work on the mural itself you know at the time i'm like oh this is actually really really fun so satisfying yeah yeah it is actually like really really fun how do you like, just... on your murals actually how do you how do you end up sort of because i noticed like I've, I've looked at a couple of your sort of time lapse videos and how do you sort of, so you've sketched them out, but then you just go in straight pen. Yeah. You know, you've got no doodle grid or anything like that. No, I don't pencil them on the walls anymore. I haven't done that for the past like a decade, I think. Right. Um, it just, you know what it's like if you pencil something and then you have to go over it in pen and then you have to rub out all the pencil underneath. It's just a mess. And for the yeah, way that yeah. I, for the way that I work, there's a lot of lines. <laughs> so yeah, super clean pen lines, yeah. Yeah, there's just no way I could feasibly just pencil something in. But um, because like the, the way the, the doodles, the, the murals work, it's just doodle artwork in a way. And I can just kind of embellish and make things up as I go along, as well as like work from the basic sketch that I've shown the client, which they have approved. Yeah. Um, as long as like the colors, the characters and the, and the message is there, then... They're quite happy with me just kind of freelancing as I go along. But I think the future, in the future, I would like to use like a, a mobile projector so I can guide myself to do more 
complicated designs right, things okay. that are a lot more like not photographic but have like actual uh, you know human people in them like, yeah. like sports murals and all that kind of thing i'd like to get into that because i can't draw a, i can't draw like a perfect michael jordan just from <laughs> from like memory and sketching even sketching on a wall it wouldn't look yeah. or feel right <laughs> if i can do a, a, a like a it's janky rare doodle for to be able to do that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can do a janky doodle uh michael jordan on a wall you know yeah just to kind of fit the style but i think if it was something that was a little bit more um portrait like so is that something you'd like to sort of do in the future doing sort of you know the side of a building or you know something like that where you just go for mass scale um, or does that yes and no yeah. the idea of doing like an outdoors mural kind of sounds good but then like i've also seen how the uk weather works and like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of my friends who've done outdoor murals they say yeah. it's like the stressy thing and I'm not very good with heights, actually, either, I, I found. I was doing a mural a couple of years ago and just in, like, commercial space, and we had to go pretty high on the scaffolding, and I kind of realized I hated it. I just didn't <laughs> like being on a rickety scaffolding set up and trying to draw, like, nice curves. It just, yeah, it was very counter. The thought process just wasn't there. So. <laughs> no, no. I think I'm you definitely need to, like, sadly develop things like that as you get older, though, because I, <laughs> I, I used to um, skateboard constantly and you know, do all yeah. these, like, crazy things and now i'm sort of 36 now so like i you know going to sort of a theme park or whatever i, I think about it quite a lot and you sort of <laughs> i remember in standing in this queue and seeing these kids who were you know going, oh, i can't wait to go on you know this is going to be amazing and all this and then i'm just looking at it going, i'm terrified <laughs> i actually don't know why i'm even here and i'm paying for this i don't want I to go on and we're grown-ups as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i should be brave it's, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's because you sort of know more, isn't it? And because you, you become more aware about what actually can happen here. That's it. So, like going back to your earlier question, then, like if it's if it's useful to have like agents when you're older, or when or once you've done a lot of your own work and worked with clients, that's when it's useful to have an agent then, because the right agent. There are many different types and tiers of like how agents work and how agencies represent illustrators work. But if you get a good agent who um, trusts you trust how you work and trust that you have a very good uh, methodology and a good portfolio and essentially you know they they help you with all that kind of admin getting work and billing and all that kind of stuff for a percentage obviously but mm. it doesn't always mean that you'll get a high volume of work but sometimes it can as well sometimes you'll get like really busy months really busy years and then sometimes you might not it's just like it's just an added extra possibility once you sign to an agent. Um, and depending on the deal that you sign with them, you could also be signed to other agents that represent you in different countries. And then all the while you're doing that, as long as you've, you know, if you've read through the paperwork and you're allowed to bring in your own work and represent yourself for your own work, i.e. a friend comes to you with a budget and like, you know, you're not going to give that to an agent, are you? Because you don't want, yeah. they're not going to expect to take, take a cut the from that. Percentage, yeah. Yeah, so then it's just basically adding in as many different possibilities of getting work. And that's when it's useful. But when you first start off, you, an agent could be a crutch in a way. So I find you learn by, <laughs> maybe, it's the, maybe it's the Hakka Chinese person in me, but you learn by suffering a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of like, you kind of go through all that BS of like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Oh, I'm such a failure. And then you come out the other end and, and yeah. kind of realize, <laughs> right, I learned something very important there. Um, I think that's just that is how it is, isn't it? I think, I think uh, we all have that. 
where you just you have to you have to make these mistakes. I I I had this job um, through Ogilvy, where I had to draw this. Um, it was like an ice pack. It was like one of those ice uh, trays. I had to draw sort of these London um, landmarks coming out of the ice. And, uh, and I, uh, you know, where you were saying earlier about uh, not, you know, not knowing how much to, to, to price at the beginning. I think I charged, it was something like 500 pounds. <laughs> it was something like yeah. that, right? And they, they had this guy who was on the books. And then um, one of my mates who was one of the art directors there, he actually told me that this guy had he'd quoted um, because I think I got it because this guy couldn't do it in the end. He quoted yeah. something like nine grand for the. <laughs> yeah, you see, I, that's I was like, this is insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. Like, it, yeah, that's when an agent is useful because like yeah. they'll know how to charge for things, but also like they, depending on the certain types of jobs that that come to you. They'll give you advice on things like licensing and and you know your your kind of rights over like who owns the image and all that kind of thing. But I think like the useful thing with um, with like with agents in particular is how they can kind of guide you in, in regards to what is kind of going on um, mm. in you know in like commercial world, for example, like what's working, what's not. And the good thing about my agents, like they don't try and steer me anywhere. They like I have a really good relationship with them. They know how I work and they just kind of, they trust that like, even if I, you know, if I post something that they can't ever use on their socials, they'll know that like, I'm still hammering away. I'm not just posting stuff and expecting things to come to me because that's just not how it works. I, I feel yeah. like, I feel like even though it's easier, the older you get when you're doing this, it doesn't mean that like you can just, put something out there and it'll, and leave it on its own and it will cultivate itself. You have to keep cultivating your process, your work and like even like your social media channels and stuff. Yeah. And I get, I get a bit of stick in the studio that like, I'm always, it's like, Oh, Gio's really up on the Instagram and I post a lot. It's like, it's not hard work mm. to post. I just schedule posts and, you know, and, and forget about it. That's it. Like I'll post every couple of days or sometimes I post every, every day for five days and then just forget about it but i talk to a lot of people like oh i just can't do it and i'm like well, you, well if you haven't got enough work to post and that's fair enough yeah don't me, it's not really an issue i don't feel it's that much of an issue it's just a thing that you do like checking your emails is a thing that you do every day yeah and it's, it's quite a short amount of time isn't it i suppose i mean that moves quite nicely onto another question actually where about um social media and how you know mm good that is do you think for sort of illustration really so obviously it's good for exposure but then like you're saying there um you know a lot of people do have a problem with you know posting every day i actually put a thing on chenja uh two days ago about because i'm seeing more and more people apologizing you know we get these stories where people have uh you know you've got, you've got obviously it's nice to have followers but essentially you don't know most of these people and you know i don't apologize to my mum about not drawing for like three days and these people are apologizing for you know i'm really sorry i haven't put anything out for a week you're like yeah it's because you've been living <laughs> you're allowed to live i agree i agree yeah. social media is an absolute devil it's like it's not you know it's it's not something i love and it's not something that like i get excited about and stuff i just it's just a means to an end it's just another it's a shop window for illustrators yeah but then like some people 
I, I follow people like that on Twitter that like apologize for being quiet on their socials and stuff. And you know, there's depends on what side of the bed I wake up. I can wake up, read that, and think, who cares? But <laughs> then another day, I'll wake up and think, oh, they must be going through like some weird anxiety. Yeah. You know, so it's. I mean, sometimes the way I react to stuff, I don't ever. I'll never kind of just say like, I'll never approach someone about it. But it's just it makes me think about my behavior and that's kind of useful in a way because I don't want to be someone who lives a life on social media. That's like, Oh, this is what I do all the time. I mean, granted I post things, I repost things. And yeah. So, I guess I am on it quite a lot, but I try to have a self-realization. There are barriers to this thing and you can yeah. put those barriers up. But again, when you're working freelance and if, if you're doing something that's visual for a, for a living then it is a useful shop window even if you're not selling products but it's you know it's an ongoing portfolio some people yeah. do post things that are very personal that like oh i've been screwed over by this client and all this kind of stuff and let people wade in on on the thread which i don't think is a good thing no i think that's almost there because almost 100 percent of the time uh, those people then post the next day Oh, I'm really sorry about that. And then they've removed the post, isn't it? And, but then, you know, you've had <laughs> yeah. like however many thousand people that have already looked at that thing yeah. where you've just sort of had a, because, you know, there's obviously with everything, there's always going to be dicks. <laughs> You're always yeah. going to have somebody uh, <laughs> coming and saying something, you know, that you don't like or, you know, someone nicking your work and things like that. But you just have to. I can sympathize. Yeah. Uh, I can sympathize if like, I'm lucky that I've got peers around me. So if, if I'm ever really annoyed about something, I can turn around and be like, God, this has happened. But there are generally people that work from their bed, you know, work from home yeah. or work from home office. So it's a rant, isn't or whatever. It? Yeah. I don't have anyone to rant to. And I, you know, I, I can sympathize with that because it can be a very frustrating industry, you know, with people that get back to you or you know, if you're living, you know, if you need a bill paid and the client hasn't paid it in like you know, 60 days, but they've said it's a 30 day payment thing, then yes, it's genuinely really annoying. And, yeah you can build a lot of anxiety about it as well as well as like replying back to emails and then chasing clients and all this kind of bs that's involved yeah, so i do sympathize um yeah. but then i i feel like if you're gonna go down this route you can't expect everyone and anyone to help you you, you know you, there has to be a degree where you have to strengthen like yourself somehow you know like mentally and emotionally just see if try and yeah. see what it is but i think a lot of people as well is if you start getting quite big if you start becoming known <clears throat> i think people don't really think about the that side of it where mm -hmm. you know you're like it, it seems great you know to be able to put stuff out there and just you know million you know someone like cause where you know he puts something out there which is sort of sort of similar and then everyone says whoa this is the most amazing thing ever but i'd imagine he probably gets like a huge negativity uh, to some of this stuff as well where you know people become jealous don't they and then you have this sort of weird side of the internet where you've got people that I don't know become bitter and you know sort of it's want true. to bring you down isn't it it's like a sort of in England it's a bit more like that I think it's in, in America it seems like they sort of push um, you know mm -hmm. success don't they I think there's a the one thing in America where they you know, it's good to sort of go, oh, yeah, I'm good, I'm great. Whereas in England, <laughs> you're not allowed to say that, isn't it? It's almost yeah, like right. a sort of strange thing. It's, you know, you've got... There was a Twitter thread. A... Yeah, there was a Twitter thread about this, actually, the other day. There was, like, um, quite a few different 
like art directors and illustrators I follow kind of they're like repeating the same question which was do people genuinely care if if like if I, if I haven't posted in a while or whatever and it opened up all these different threads of conversation like just you know what we just like said before yeah yeah the whole idea of like you know when people get work like some people have gone to twitter and they're like oh i finally got some work like they announce it it's like okay yeah great i would do that i probably wouldn't even do that like i, <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't do that but people do which is you know there's nothing wrong in it but the fact that it irks certain people for them to ask the question about it is yeah. is <laughs> this is quite interesting in itself when you think about it you know that like oh why are they talking about they're getting work it's everything that you read online is you know some people subconsciously reflect within themselves. Well, it's just, it, that is it, isn't it? It's a constant sort of metric, isn't it? Of, of, <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. <clears throat> the whole thing is really, like this, yeah. this, this, I can't remember what the name of the book is. It's something like how to not be a dick or something like that. And there, there's something like, yeah, we, you know, just sort of generally like what you sort of do and how you sort of, you know, mm. don't become really sort of, uh, you know, beat yourself up basically. And there's this one bit yeah, about yeah. metrics and sort of how you compare your metric <clears throat> and like, you know, almost it's sort of, you know, we have these sort of positive mental attitude things where they say, you know, look mm -hmm. in the mirror, say you're the best, you know, say you will be the best. And this book says, don't do that. You know, don't say you're going to be the best because you can't all be the best because if yeah. everyone's the best, there's no best sort of thing. It's things like that That's that really... create people like Donald Trump, basically. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, you become this sort of weird orange, like... Yeah, someone who can't admit loss and someone who can't admit that, you know... No. I mean, I... Unfair. Yeah, I mean, he's... You, the one thing you got to give him is that he's like, he just carries on, even though he's failing and he's horrible, and if, you know, majority <laughs> of people are not, just hate him. He's still going, isn't he? Just, it's almost yeah. like he just doesn't listen. He doesn't care, does he, about... Yeah, I can't stop like myself looking at his Twitter just to see what other nonsense <laughs> that, he, that he spreads. But yeah, this 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 metric thing was it was about a guy. One of the things was this guy was a guitarist in a band, and uh, he basically you know played in this band. They got to this point where, point where they got to this point where um, you know they got a label came and said you know you're great, we'll sign you up and that, and uh, and they said well you know unfortunately we don't think you're right for the band and so when they got signed this guy got sort of kicked out basically and uh he was yeah. like oh, well you know i'm gonna now make the, a better band i'm gonna go and get better people and i'm gonna make a band that's much better than this band you know and i'll show them and uh yeah basically he started up a new band and that band became megadeth right so he oh, made course, megadeth yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. The, the but they supposedly he he was never happy because the band that he got kicked out of was Metallica. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've <laughs> so, read that story. Yeah. yeah. And you just sort of think, God, this guy, you know, in the general land of music, this guy has succeeded, you know, succeeded where mm. many fail, but he's never happy because he was, he's left Metallica, which must be so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting though, like what you, what you kind of said about the metric and how you measure you know, success, measure your personal success. And everyone does it. Like everyone will look at like someone who's posted work for a really good campaign and kind of think, well, why, why didn't I get that? You know, yeah. like, I've done it so many times. Like, why didn't I get that? And then it subsides because that's just the, the instant reaction. And you, if you're going to do this for the next like 40 years, for, you know, 50 years, whatever, 
got to learn to kind of curb the, yeah. <laughs> like see it for what it is and just kind of just do your own thing. Yeah, some people, I know some super talented artists, yeah, like super talented artists that like they could make incredible work and if they went down the right path, you know, to do like commercial illustration, animation or whatever, they'd be successful, but they just don't have it in them to kind of go down that path. Like yeah. you could be, you could be a talented singer who wants to be a pop star but you're not gonna be a pop star if you haven't got the scruples to do all the other stuff yeah you know yeah, yeah. you know that involves being a pop star like uh turning up on time and doing all the press junkets and you know all that kind of yeah, stuff being a good and front man and yeah exactly it's it's you can have talent but then you need all the other things that surround the talent yeah well. constantly push yourself isn't it really mm. yeah that's it but then like you know there is like a I think when I first started and kind of started sinking my teeth into commercial work, there was a bit of a competitiveness to me, which, you know, when I think back, it's really juvenile, but that's just how I, that's how I saw um, uh, as a way to measure how I, can, I could try and be successful was, was to look at like work around me that was successful and, and, and you know, say to myself, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it better, or I'm going to try and do it better. But then now I see like this, this is a total fallacy to kind of think that way because this, you know, we're, we are in competition with each other over work, but we're not directly in competition, if that makes sense. No. I mean, I mean like you, you could be up against different people for the same job, but at the end of the day, like someone gets the job and gets paid and you don't. And at the end of the day, who cares? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's the thing, I mean? actually. Like, I think yeah, that's the thing to sort of bring people back to being you know, more unified. I mean, that's sort of a massive reason I, um, you know, set up Chenger is, is just to sort of have like more of a place because I think there's so many resources that are good out there. And uh, I think that there just needs to be a place where you sort of pull them all together. You know, I don't, you know, people are sort of constantly competing, like do you have ArtStation and DeviantArt and Behance? And they all sort of are so separate from each other. So you have to go, right, I'm going to look at Behance. Now I've got to look at DeviantArt. Now I've got to look at ours. You know, all of these different like resources. Whereas it'd be good if you could just, you know, what I want to put in there is a, is a, you know, almost like a directory really of where you could just go, right, what's going on this month? Yeah, Here it is. Good. Do that, do that, do that. And then you can see what you want to, you know, enter into. And, you know, that still promotes those uh, platforms. But well, like I said before. Like a one space, isn't it, as an illustrator to, yeah. to actually you know, find everything out because I always found like competitions for starters, you know, you, I don't know if you remember that, but it seems to be better now, but back in the day, you'd look for illustration competitions and there'd be so many weird websites where you're like, is this legit of <laughs> You know, the website was like <laughs> a proper that, like yeah. gift site, you know, where you have like <laughs> the old sort of like jazzy diamond gif and stuff like that. And it's all going, this is claiming I'm going to win some money if I do this illustration competition that it says it's official, yeah. but is it? I don't, I don't know. Oh, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I, do, I know what you mean with that. But like what you kind of create with Chenja though is interesting because like a gardener, you're slowly cultivating, you know, this platform and also doing things like this, like interviews and such. And who knows like how else you'll kind of be able to branch into it. But, you know, I know you're only one gardener so far, <laughs> but yeah. like, you know, and you're managing your patch yeah. quite well now. But that's what you do when you freelance, isn't it? Like you are you're constantly cultivating different things. You're cultivating your practice, your commercial work. You might be making products, but you're also 
you're trying to keep your work relevant on all of those yeah. channels. So like all of your different patches would be like your LinkedIn, your Behance, your Twitter, Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And some people might not even want to do all that. And that's fine. I totally understand. But like, you know, it's about creating as many possibilities of you getting work. Well, I suppose also it's like, yeah, like sort of throwing out your fish hook as well, isn't it? Where you got, mm. you, yeah, I, you've got to do all bases really. I think, you know, you have articles about things that people care about in the industry and, you know, some mm. people don't read. So then you have to do the video based stuff, isn't it? And then you have to constantly yeah, yeah. have posts and, you know, and then, you know, it's, it's suddenly you find yourself, you've got to be all of these things. Like you were saying about doing, a, you know, your freelance mm. work is the same thing really but yeah, it's got to be all those things work smart you just got to yeah. work smart and you know it's why cast one fish hook when you can cast out a net yeah <laughs> that's it it's getting deep <laughs> yeah it is a bit you yeah. know, midweek deepness <laughs> god you should hear me when i'm teaching off these students <laughs> don't, don't, don't <laughs> do you have like a sort of torch under your face and stuff <laughs> i'll start guruing i have a story <laughs> <laughs> gather around i try students. not to i try not to resort to that um, <laughs> but if it helps but... <laughs> it's coming out <laughs> yeah indeed because like i think the interesting the interesting thing working with students is that they they, they look to you for like whatever expertise you can kind of share and by all in all honesty like i i haphazardly navigated through this and made loads of mistakes and stuff and then just kind of you know i i happily do this as a living yeah but i don't want them to kind of follow follow <laughs> the way i did it because you know it might cause them more anxiety this yeah now than so you haven't told them like that. 10 years ago <laughs> yeah i haven't told them that yet. yeah but to be honest it's luck <laughs> that's it. it's luck a lot of yeah. it is luck and, you know obviously there's, a, there's some skill a lot involved of effort. And, yeah yeah but there's faith you got to keep faith in what you do and you've got to be at peace with what it is that you do as well um and it's just you know the journey in itself now i can look back and kind of say oh that was kind of fun a lot of it was a bit of a hassle but i'm here now yeah i mean yeah, that's, that's the hard, important that's hard thing to kind it? of yeah that's hard Remember to illustrate to people that want to get into it you know like what are the what do i need to do now <laughs> oh, fair, I'm, I'm conscious there's now midday you've probably got to carry on haven't you yeah uh, yeah i'm afraid so but no. no, this is good. It was actually finally no, it's good great. To chat uh, to you. Yeah, finally actually chat to you in person. It's been so. Yeah. I don't know the first time I chatted to you was on email, wasn't it? Like a year ago or something. And I think we we're going to meet a year up. Ago. We should probably yeah. meet up. I think if you can. I'm South yeah. London, so we're not that yeah, far away. Far. Unless it's illegal next year, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking yeah, about Star good. Wars. Actually, you know the star, the stormtroopers in Star Wars. I started to think, is that actually <laughs> like a prediction at bottom? <laughs> what well, could happen? Yeah, I was like, God, this is sort of freakishly like becoming a reality, isn't it? Those stormtrooper outfits seem very good for lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> not all children of men or all force. <laughs> That's it. Darth Vader's got coronavirus, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know before about that one. <laughs> it's a freaky yeah. sort of, you look into the future there, hopefully not. <laughs> so what do you have planned uh, in regards to more of these like, these interviews? Have you got other... Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna. I think I think it's a really good good way of getting you know sort of it, it, more info about people that are on the platform, sort of pushing it forward, and it's just generally good to hear what people have to say, isn't it? About you know illustration and just sort of get like more of it because I think people have got quite a unified voice with a lot of these things. But you just like you say, a lot of the people 
um, who aren't doing what you do and sort of share a space. They don't realise that, do they? So you sort of put up That's things right. like, where, you know, I put a thing up uh, about don't draw for your followers. You know, and everyone's yeah. sort of like, yeah, I think exactly right. the same that way. That was a good but post, yeah, yeah. Then you just that's sort of, you know, they, these are just sort of the standard things that you think about and you don't realise that everyone else is, it is thinking exactly the same way. And I think, you know, so it would be a nice way of sort of um, projecting that more to people, mm -hmm. really, as I add yeah. more things to change them. Like, yeah. No, thanks, man, for, for doing it. I like, really yeah, appreciate dude, it. No, it was fun. And, uh, yeah, we'll and again, yeah, again, congrats on the platform. It's, it's still like loads of fun to look yeah, at. Yeah, cheers, man. Well, hopefully stuff. more stuff to come. <laughs> <laughs> but what I want to do is, you know, eventually get, so I just drew all the stickers, but I want to nice. um, get, change them to be each different artists of the stickers. And then, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and do a zine soon, which I think would be cool wow. to, you know, like an alphabet zine. Where I think it'd be cool to get different people if you're up for it. Uh, you know, you know, I'll, I'll put one in as well where we each get a letter and you know, I'll send out this like as a as a as a zine. So we each have like different design letters and then like sticker packs and stuff as well. So if you can get nice. different sort of change of stickers for the achievements, <laughs> but each will be a different artist basically. So I think, you know, things Brilliant. like that. Yeah, I'd be well up for that. Yeah, sweet. Well, I'll bother you with more emails. <laughs> One <laughs> other thing, can I get you to just say Chenja and wave? Because <laughs> I'm going to do like a oh, yeah. full edit. Oh, Chenja. <laughs> okay. Oh, you look at the camera. Chenja. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nice one. <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah, nice cheers for doing too. that. Yeah, take yeah, care, nice mate. One. Yeah, you take Enjoy care the rest well. of your day, and uh, yeah, we'll sort out another one of these because just or yeah, just have a you. chat. <laughs> you yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, up, man. Sweet. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your week. Yeah, and you, man. Bye. Take care, bro. Always. If you haven't heard about us yet, we are an indie community completely for illustration. Um, you can sign up for free at Chenja.org. If you already are on the Chenja platform, well, quite frankly, you are a complete legend. And uh, if you'd like to have a little chin wag like this one, uh, send us an email at info at Chenja.net. Uh, we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can. Um, we generally just want to have a chat with as many people on the platform as we can and just see what you think about the illustration world in general, really. Um, yeah, so a massive thank you goes out to Geo Law for being the first ever Chenja Chatter. Uh, we hugely appreciate it. I had a really good time. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to everything and uh, we'll see you again soon in the future. Take care, have a great day and do lots and lots of drawing. That is more of a suggestion, not an order, by the way. You can do what you want. We just like drawing. All right, have a good one. Take care. Ginger.